I like to be called Kevin. <laughs> you are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Hello, everyone. How you going? Well, well, here we are back in the fucking studio with a brand new look. Hey, it's our first one with the fucking paint on the walls, huh? Mm, yeah, we're on our way. We are getting a bit of graph tomorrow organized from a mate of mine, so hopefully, uh, that'll look schmicko. Mm. I've already commissioned him to do it, so you better be good at it. I don't know. You fucking want to be. What if it just looks shit? Mm. Oh, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> I know a painter who can get rid of it. Oh, yeah, there you go. Well, what's going on, Mossy? Another day off. Oh, Saturday. Mate, it's what do you mean? Yeah, I'm doing a day off today. Yeah, good on you, mate. Good on you. Bad time you fucking treated yourself to one. Mm. Let's just bring our guest straight in. Yeah. Go for it, Moss. The Milky Bar Kid from Curry Street's very own. Jack O'Baker, what's going on, brother? Not too much, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, Jacko, how are you, mate? <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Do you like the studio? You like the first look in here? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I haven't been in here before. <laughs> <laughs> righto, righto. Well, let's just get it out here. Go in on, the Moss. Tell them. So uh, this is our second time running it back with young Jacko. Um, yeah, the first time we were waiting on him to get. I'm going to blame it on him. We we're waiting on him to get back it's all from my fault. <laughs> waiting on him to get back from Catherine Hill Bay surfing, and um, I just thought, oh yeah, I'll have a beer while I wait. Ooh, that went down pretty good. I'll have another one, thank you. <laughs> Two hours of fucking drinking prior to doing a podcast. You, uh, I, we, we're doing you a favour by running it back because that was a painful listen. So yeah, Maybe one day we'll release it just to have a good laugh, but at the moment it's quite embarrassing. I was, <laughs> I was a bit pissed as well. I wasn't as pissed as Mossy, but I was quite pretty pissed as well. Yeah, so uh, here we are. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so we're like, back, first we're time back. round. So I, I showed you guys that pencil mark on your pants before. Mm. Yeah. So I'll tell you about it later. Yeah, yeah. I was on the phone with my mate Cameron just before at home. And the young fella had his pants around his legs. He had a pencil. And he came over and he drew on my leg. I was like, Jordy, don't draw on my leg. Turned around. I looked back. He's fallen over. Hit the ground. The pencil's gone into his eye. Into it? Into his eye, bro. He's screaming. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Dropped the phone. Picked him up. Blood pissing out of his eye. Jess is in the bathroom. I'm like, Jess, Jess. There's all blood on me, on his hands and shit. I was like, fuck. Thought he'd knocked his eye out. But luckily, he only just got it right in the corner. And hadn't done as much damage to his eye. His eyes all swollen up here, like it's fucking bad. So you've had a hectic morning. Yeah, just then, just before I came in. And well, just before he's just saved it for the podcast. Oh, oh I, did, I didn't know the story was gonna be that wild. My fuck, man, he nearly lost his eye. Jeez. And I still made it here on time. Well, so he tripped over with the pencil in hand yeah, and like headbutted it. Yeah, and like landed the pencil, hit the deck, oh. and the sharp bit went into the corner of his eye. Did he nearly lost his eye? On that or? Oh, we thought we we're gonna have to go. Yeah, he was alright It went in the corner there Like in his nose there Yeah, yeah In the tear duct It probably goes in the skin bit there Not the eyeball Yeah, true Because yeah. you get your eyeball You're pretty, pretty torched Fuck yeah If it went into his eye He's fucked He's only two and a half He, he would have pulled it straight out too And he might have pulled his fucking oh, eye out with it Oh, lovely Eye oh. on a stick yeah. <laughs> What, so when he did it Did he pull it out? No, I didn't go, I don't think it went in Oh, it just, just like, like jabbed him in there In that corner there, yeah uh, okay. He tripped over the dog's bed And I think it landed on the soft bit of the dog's bed So if it hit the actual Floor would have been a lot harder, would have gone straight up in his eye. So it's all the did dog's you, fault. Did you give the dog a kicking for not making its bed? Should have seen how Jess looked at me. Pull your blankets up. Should have seen how Jess looked at me like, you fuck. I didn't do it. Like, you fucking tripped over. I didn't do it. I didn't fucking do it. Like, he drew on me. He said, don't draw on me. What? He doesn't fucking trip on your watch or what? <laughs> Come here, son. Give me the pencil. Whenever something happens like that, like, if it, like with my brother's kid, or reading that when she falls over, I'm like, "Fuck, he's a bad parent, say." Eh? Like, mm. I'm gonna call the docs on you, cunts, because he's a bad parent. They mm. fucking live hates it. Eh? Yeah? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Didn't bother me at all. <laughs> no, I'm a bad dad. <laughs> no, I'm, a, I'm a legend. I'm a good dad. Yeah. He's got to own it. Yeah. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Uh, we've actually had a. How was your morning, mate? Did you get a surf in? Got a little surf in. I actually saw your car parked up. 
right in front of the what do you call it? Like the it's like a nursing home at Merriweather there. Yeah, right? yeah, right yeah. in front of there. It's a good little park there. Yeah, no. Get mm. check out the boardwalk yeah. a little bit. We can't all just fucking right. walk down the hill and we're at the base. Nah, we don't all live on the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> check 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 this spot out just before. Had a had a mirror of the bakery, cheese and bacon pie up there. Mm. Shout out to Adam Tripaz. I'm still smacking the pies. You can't <laughs> get me off. I'll train hard, but I'll eat pies. <laughs> I'm sure he's had a couple by, by his body type. Mate, he's had a couple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Can't go wrong with a mirror of the bakery pie. Oh, no, mm. just, best in just... town. Best in. I'm calling best on the East Coast. Mm. Best yeah. on the East Coast. Uh, pretty good. Uh, I've Good pie shop up at Mary War there. It's a pretty good one up there. Mate, the fir- I've, I've gone out. Clarence Downways, couple good out there. You just got to go to the little ones. Yeah, Dungog mm. Bakery. There's Not the big there. ones. The big ones with signs everywhere. You know they're hiding something. Yeah. If you're walking in there <laughs> and it looks nice, it's if you're hiding it, your pies are shit. <laughs> but if you're going to one, the door doesn't. The door creaks or mm. there's one little person. You still got to push those fly blinds <laughs> to get in the joint there. And they don't serve you. You're like, hello, <laughs> hello. Yeah, mate, I'll be there in a sec. All right, shut Fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there in one minute. <laughs> It's a Vietnamese bakery, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, can we get a pork roll? <laughs> mm, I love the pork roll. Eh? Oh, so, old. would you surf today? Yeah, I had a little surf. It was kind of nice, just wash off the week of work. Yeah. It was pretty small. I wasn't really that motivated. I was like, oh, pretty crowded. And then once I got out there, I ended up surfing for two hours. Oh, sweet. I was pretty rooted after it. Mm. Now you're in Not here. really surf fit anymore. I'm just more work fit. Ooh. Not good. Not good. Not good. <laughs> but I jump on the scales though, and I don't put on any weight. So it's like you just because you're not surfing, you don't have that fitness there. Yeah. But then like, you don't get. Do you, do you still get this, the old uh, when you haven't surfed in a couple of days or something? The old shoulder roll over. You're like, oh fucking. Yeah. It that's a bit sore. harder than it used to be. Yeah, that and like just real s- sore feet, bottoms yeah. of your feet. Really? Just from just from boots and that. Just because they're all oh, from like, working. Yeah, yeah just right, working okay. like, and then it's always like. On Monday, it was like only one day, and then I got um the Arvo. I finished early, yeah, and I went for a surf. And getting out of work boots on your board, your feet are that grimy and slippery. <laughs> First way, I was like, "Whoa, what <laughs> yeah, am I doing?" Get, get that toe jams in the wax, sunny. Yeah. 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 We're on the topic of surfing. I just got a surfing, surfing. It's uh, I think our sponsors SLD have the best custom boards in Newcastle and the world. I think still Lewis Designs. If you haven't been them. You can find if you haven't seen them. You can find them on Dustin on Instagram with Dustin Dustin Glass or SLD Surfboards. Fuck me, dude! I got Tourette's today. I think mm. they gave us a big sticker to put up in the studio. We'll get a little photo of that later. I don't know how good the glue is on there. It's probably going to fall off overnight, but it looks good for now, doesn't it, boys? Yeah, no, we can put it back up. That's all right. And uh, <laughs> just a little quick shout out to uh, you, Jamesy. It was your birthday on Thursday, wasn't it? Happy birthday, man! Happy birthday to yeah, you, happy brother. Happy birthday. Another year around the sun. I like to say to people they don't even know it's your birthday. It's like, how are you going to say fucking happy birthday? Yeah, you said like, it to oh, me. I, I, I didn't know it was your birthday. It's like, <laughs> fucking, mate, my birthday, all right? So, bit of respect. <laughs> bit of respect. Put some, put some respect on my name, Put son. some respect on it, mate. And then, <laughs> just to, I put the point out the uh, just how silly birthdays are. And mm. everyone like, has to say happy birthday oh, to you. I don't give a oh, fuck. Oh, they fucking shit. I'd much rather it be some other cunt's birthday than mine, eh? Mm, I get all like, mm, don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get like that, and the next day you're like, "Fuck, I should have did more. Yeah. Should have had more fun." On my well, we do. We went down the shed and had a few beers in for the boys. Yeah, yeah. Stopped in there, had a beer with the boys. The boys. And, um, it's good, good time in that shed, eh? Yeah, it's a good little setup they got down there. Good fun. I'd hate to see if I had to move sheds, all that shit. They've got to fucking get out of there. They're there for good, I think. Yeah, you'd have to be, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> fucking surely. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into this, eh? Enough yeah. of the fucking shit talk. So, um, right. you're a Merriweather local, huh? King of Curry Street. Born and bred. Mm. What's uh, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, bro? 
upbringing. What was that like? Curry Street since day dot. Old's got the house, I think, a year or two before I was born. Dad always wanted to live in Merriweather. Always bad opportunities to buy elsewhere. Mm. But always was like, we might as well, if we're getting in debt, we might as well live in Merriweather. That, that'll be my same thing, like, with houses. I'm just going to buy in Merriweather no matter what. <laughs> Put myself in debt while you're there. So where's he from? Where's your old boy from? Um, grew up in Stockton. Oh, yeah. Yep. Grew up in Stockton. There's actually a... Um, there's like a cottage there at the Stockton Hospital named after, I think, my dad's dad. It's called the oh, yeah. Baker Cottage. Oh, it's really? It's like, yeah, I think they, they lived in that for a little while. Now it's like, I think, patients live in it or whatever. And then oh, okay. he, I don't know the whole story there, but he went there and then for a bit there. He went there and then just in the town, I think, when they when he grew up. I think he kind of went in Charlestown as well, Stockton oh, yeah. and Charlestown a little bit. And then his old moved out to Swansea when they got older. Yeah, uh, he's been, but since then, mum and dad lived in Broadmeadow in the Merriweather, so I was kind of lucky. My sister lived in the Broadmeadow for a little bit, but I'm born and bred Merriweather. Oh, yeah. You're an Overcastrian through and through, right? Oh, mate. <laughs> oh, I'm, mate. <laughs> it comes out my blood. <laughs> Every orifice of my body, I've got it. So there's mm. been a few, uh, Curry Street, it's um, quite a colourful street, isn't it? It's got yourselves, it's got the O'Leary's. Um, Paulie used to live there when you Yep. Paulie he, lived there. Yeah, Coffee? he lived up the road. I don't know about coffee. Pooley did. He lives on the other side of the road, but so like in our area, we're in like a ditch. Yep, like yeah. We're at the bottom, us and the O'Leary's, but I think Pooley's up towards towards the beach. Yeah. Um, not that far up the road, but I didn't really know who Pooley was, but I grown up. Good growing yeah. up there, like uh, street parties and that sort of shit for Christmas. Yeah, it was right? sick. We had sick street parties because us and the O'Leary's, we're like kind of at the flat bit of the bottom hill, so everything would be right in front of our place and couple of the fellas up the road, I think Jack Mill and a couple of the other guys, they got um like the street blocking thing, like what are they called? Like sign. Yeah, the sign. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what? what is it? They block the road off. Yeah, road yeah. close sign. And we just oh, say yeah, road yeah. closed and, and the whole night party. and everyone would be out on the road yeah. and we'd play. We had a what did we call it back in the day? Was it called? Knock and run? Nah. It was so we <laughs> no boot the A. So you get sticks and mm-hmm. you'd make an A on the ground, everyone would go hide. There'd be one person starting in and they'd have to go find everyone. And if someone booted the A, they won. So you had to go run and kick the A of the sticks. Yeah, right. And then as you found people, though, they added to the looking party and you had to stay in between these houses. And the rule was you couldn't go in houses, but you'd always get some prick like me or Quinn hiding in someone's house, <laughs> hiding in your bedroom and like, no one's going in there. And then you run out and you go, I'm booting the A. Like it, was, it, was the sick, it was the sickest upbringing in Curry Street. We had a lot of local families, everyone... Not so much surfing, it was only really myself and the O'Leary surfing. But everyone else, like, you'd literally walk out when you're, like, five or six and there'd be someone to cruise with and do shit with. Like, you're never bored, (laughs) that's for sure. Where we grew up, the people around my neighbourhood, they used to boot the H. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I was thinking, bro. (laughs) Similar sort of game, run around into people's houses booting up H. (laughs) (laughs) Boot the... In that game, you go boot the house and then (laughs) jump the fence and run into people's houses. (laughs) It's always funny to hear that like, people talk about their like where they grew up and had street parties and all that. My street was not like that in Sydney, bro. No. Fuck no. The <laughs> bloke next door used to try and kill himself every time he had a house party. <laughs> the chick two doors down kept the daughter inside the house for about two years and the cops had to come kick the door in, like SWAT team and pull the kids out and everything. What? What? I'm telling you, Western Sydney, what? bro, it's just <laughs> fucking wild. It's only wild. kid. Yeah, like, kept it inside for two years, no one's seen it. Her name was Evil Yvonne. <laughs> And the cops came, kicked the door in, pulled the kid out, the whole bit. 
The Vietnamese bloke across the road had a sweatshop going, just to flog his missus every fucking couple of weeks. Dad'd have to go and give him a flogging. Oh, yeah. I used to fucking. <laughs> I remember. I used That's to very different. Yeah. Adish Merriweather. Yeah. And then there's Western Sydney. <laughs> there's these young girls around the same age as me and brothers. So we always go to their house out of big, big backyard and that. And the dad was a biker and stuff. And his mum was one of those. Oh, the kid's mum was like one of those typical, you know, bikey wives and that. She like nothing really mattered. Mm. Seen it all, done it all, kind of thing. We'd be in there in the lounge room, find these like biker mags and looking at the pictures of all the titties <laughs> and all that shit. And we're like, what are you reading there? I was like, oh, thinking I'm gonna get you. Like, ah, oh, it's just a bit of titty. That's not gonna hurt. Yeah, <laughs> fucking seven. Yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> get caught doing something. You're not going on these. Like, nah, sweet mate. Nah, sweet mate. Sweet. Don't tell your fucking mum. <laughs> Don't tell your mum, but good yeah. mag, eh? <laughs> tell your mum to pay a tick. <laughs> <laughs> It's so Curry Street, you're still there? <laughs> still there, still live with me old boy and my sister. I'm kind of in between there and my missus' place. She lives oh. out at Valentine. Just kind of go half-half with... I mean, when, when we're travelling, it was just wherever I'd go. Like, just... I don't know, just live wherever. Is just, that wretched band still living next door to your house? Nah. No nah. shit band no more. <laughs> I nearly didn't know what you're talking about then, and then I got this thing in my side of my head. <laughs> It's like a headache as soon as you mention it. But um, they mm. fucking sucked. <laughs> no, but I'm pretty sure going back on that, one of the fellas is actually good and he's actually in a band now, but not with the blokes he was playing with. Mm. But yeah, that was torture. Eh? Like, yeah. It was pretty heavy because they'd do it through the day when my mum was quite on with cancer, with breast oh. cancer. So like, mum would just be wanting a cruise and that, and these pricks are freaking opening up. So they have a front and a back garage, but. Sound would come out both ways. You shut it in, lock, mm. block the sound in. No one needs to hear it. Mm. No one cares how hot you're getting in there. Yeah. You could put up with a bit of muffled stuff. But yeah, no. but no joke. Just bang, bang, bang. And like it got to a point there. Everyone hated it. And they were shit ass. That was so <laughs> Anyone knock on the door Even, and say, hey, shut that fucking racket um, up? I think we just went behind their back and told the landlord because we're good mates with the landlord. They were <laughs> just a bit of a dog shot, but they had to go. Like, oh, they and, I mean, and I mean, the people too, so, too, too up from us. They had young kids and that. So I was like, mm. my mum was on well, young kids, and there's got kids playing the drums at five in the other when you're trying to have dinner. Or yeah. Even midday, like, I mean, through the week you got people, like, like the people with young kids or yeah, my mum, like, wanting to have a day drink. nap yeah, and that. Like, can't be, can't be doing that. Mm. <laughs> but they're, they're long gone, yep. and we got... The, Oh, those Leary's are pretty noisy, aren't they? Oh, mate, they're, <laughs> no, rowdy. they're, right. they're a rowdy bunch. Uh, no, you know when the boys... I remember when I was... Like 16, 17, I know where the boys having a party. I was like, oh, should I sneak over there? And I just knew, oh, it's pretty obvious. You jump yeah. on the fence. Like, Mum and Dad know where you're going. Just going to the Leary's have a bit. Never, <laughs> never, never jumped. Never jumped. No, nah, you definitely. Music's on all the time, though. Friday, you go, oh, the boys are on tonight. Leanne <laughs> <laughs> and kids, Leanne and kids have gone to Hawks Nest. The boys are on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know when the, I don't know, like their Subaru or like the, the Mum and Dad, like, Jenna yeah. Leanne's car's gone and you just see, Darby's Prada. Oh, he wouldn't have had his Prada back then, but the boys were there. The blue waffle. <laughs> <laughs> I think Connor might have had his pedo van back then, though. Yeah, true. Or he had a, he had a van, but you know when the boys are on. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's an idyllic place to grow up, really. Ideal. Very yeah. ideal. Very, very lucky. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so good for you to be able to say that. Like, Darby says the same thing. Yeah. Lucky to be able to grow up in a place like that. Yeah. I think I think it's like everyone in Merriweather, like, you just have such a good upbringing. Like, yeah, there's shit going on around town and other places. Like, yeah, you do have your Darrow parts and Yui, but to grow up in Merriweather, you've got everything you need. Everything's close by. You mm. grow up with good mates. And I, I think the best thing about Merriweather is, is like, the elder generation is so accepting of the younger generation. Mm. It's like everyone looks after you. It's like when I was growing up, 14, 15, no licence, Mate, you'd have my, my, all my mates, 22 and that, we'd be picking you up, taking you surfing. Mad. 
getting you out of school. I had my mate Tim Dixon always used to sign me out of school because he was because he was like twenty one <laughs> or something. <laughs> mum didn't mind, but always sign me out. Like I'd call him and go, "You go the ways are good." I'm like mad. Yes, hey, mum, Tim's gonna sign me out. She's like, "Oh, maybe don't." I'm like, "Nah, Tim's coming. He's on his way now." <laughs> already gone. Then I just leave with my mate on his green peas in his little. White Rav Four, it was that funny. You would have been the coolest kid to the other kids in your oh, year. Oh mate, I was mad. <laughs> Boys like, how's Wave Slower? Yeah, I was in for like four hours, eh? <laughs> you know me. Oh, all, all, all the teachers probably thought I was going wag and like with yeah. a shit colour like that. Oh, he's going to smack bongs or something. <laughs> <laughs> Come back the next day with bloodshot eyes because I'd surf lot six hours. What's he been doing? <laughs> he's been behind the bushes. <laughs> so were you fucking born straight into surfing or something sort of come to later on? Um, born kind of straight into it. Dad, dad was a surfer, oh, good yeah. surfer. Um, Still surfs. I need to get him back in the water. Oh. That's what I'm going to mention on this podcast. I'm going to get his fat yeah. ass in the water. Yeah, right. Um, we actually. Just before we came in here, Moz came over and showed him a couple of dad's old board. He's got a hell collection. So we had all that. And But, yeah, that's his thing. If he gets back in the water, it'll be sick. Just to be able to do it. Because, I mean, he'll be hopefully stopping work soon and we can get into that and that'll be mad. Yeah. But um, Was he injured or just sort of? Just kind of like when I was kind of, when you're young with surfing, you're just so busy. Like yeah. you just comps here, comps there. And, I mean, when it's your son, like, you're kind of the. Like, Dad just kind of felt like my surfing was priority over him going surfing. So, like, he'd, like, film or mm. most of the time he'd be working to actually get to the next events because, I mean, surfing, expensive sport. Like, I was pretty lucky with sponsors and that young, getting free boards. But, I mean, travel, Dad always said, up until 18, me and Mum will help you out. And then from 18, you're on your own kind of thing. Like, yep. well, you can probably lend money off us. But, like, but before up to 18, they were paying for everything. So, yeah, like, I mean, I owe... I wish mum was still here, but I owe them a lot for that because, I mean, that sacrifice that they made for yeah. me has shaped where I am. If I had to do more of it on my own, I don't think I'd be where I am or half the person I am today without that kind of. So do you reckon you, your dad's sacrifice, stopping surfing, to sort of help you go and film and drive you around, do you reckon that sort of pushed you to get to where you are now? Yeah, and especially like now it's like I want to do my best because I know what he sacrificed and I know that he doesn't regret any bit of it, but I want to give him something to show for it and yeah. something for both of us to show for it. Like one day I want him to still surf because when I do have the money to be able to do it, I want to take him on trips yeah. and go, come here, Dad. Like, come on, Dad, we'll go to Indo. Like, let's, like even, even if he's freaking 65, 70 mm. and he still wants to surf, I'll get him on a mail to Indo or something like oh, that. It would be so sick. Just that stuff. Like I think Taj Burrow and his old boy is such a good – um, like, Poster Yeah they're like They go surfing trips and that And like yeah. I reckon that's cool Like that's kind of what you want out of life Surfing brings so much joy Yeah Not just competitively Yeah You want to be able to bring that joy to everyone else as well I think that's pretty mad Alright well tell us about how you got into Or when the competitive surfing started for you Like and how, how did you go How did you take going from doing something that you were just doing for fun And then you had to kind of take the fun out of it And start being a competitor yeah, well, it started off, I mean, it was always pretty fun. Had, like, the um, young days, I was always kind of surfing. I wasn't really a huge Merriweather kid when I grew up because there were so many rocks. I wasn't really a rock guy. I was mm. real scared of rocks. <laughs> but then for some reason, I surfed the cowrie hole a lot. And there's, and there's way more rocks there. Yeah. But they're flat. Like, it's like a shelf. Mm. So I was more comfortable. And I surfed the cowrie hole heaps. It wasn't really until, like, nine or ten where I kind of ventured round to the beach I lived at. Yeah. But that's kind of when Mary with the board rider started hanging out with my mates and surfing a whole lot more. That kind of went on. And then kind of for a bit there started just kind of casually doing little comps. I was riding a couple of um, Jesse Adams old boards and Dean Bertos's old boards, a couple of old MRs. 
they still had stickers on them, like Quicksilver. I think Jesse was sponsored by Quicksilver back oh, then. Yeah. Bertos was sponsored by Billabong, maybe. Yeah. And I used to leave the stickers on, and I had a Billabong and a Quicksilver ready. So mm. I'd wear my Quicksilver ready with my Quicksilver board and my Billabong. <laughs> so I felt like I was sponnoed. <laughs> this is pre-sponsors, and then it actually like when I was in that period, I actually got approached by Rip Curl at a young comp and my first ever beach entry event. They kind of. I don't know, like back then it was so much more, like social media nowadays, kids can kind of put cool stuff, mm. like you see kids doing backflips nowadays and money getting thrown at them, but back in our day it was like people, the team managers have to meet you on the beach and it was way, it was way cooler experience I reckon, yeah. like you had people approaching you on the beach about things and wanting to talk to your dad and when the guy Mikko Rafferty approached us, I had no idea who this guy was or what he was about or it wasn't until we got back up and dad's like... That dude from Ripco, he just gave me his card and, and like didn't really say anything about it. And then the following week we're at another contest and then pretty much from then I was sponsored, getting a bag, like, getting a box of clothes, don't thinking I was a king. So would you say that's the point where you thought, let's fucking go? That, at that point, I think it was still fun. Yeah. And that was because I was still pretty young. But then from those years on, because I had that sticker, I felt like I was I, – I had good mates though bringing me back to mm, grand yeah. level. Like I'd, if I got a big head, I'd get kicked back down straight away. Yep. But um, – <laughs> <laughs> so, Ladies and gentlemen, the stick is peeling off the wall from the top down. It's, it's like an hourglass. We've got to try and get this podcast done before the whole thing comes off. <laughs> I fucking told you we should have glued it. Huh? Yeah, well, I'll fix it up. I'm a painter. Trust me, I'm a painter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. but, uh, do, do you? Hey, we'll just paint it up. <laughs> so, do you in, do you enjoy the competitiveness of it? Because I see, like, when you're watching the surfing these days, like, there's a lot of mind games. You know, you got to do this. You got to think. Like, do you enjoy that side of the surfing? I didn't for a bit there, because um, there was that bit there where I was like 11, where I won like six comps in a row. Just kind of went on a roll, and then kind of that was just off natural talent. I yep. felt like. I always had quite good from what I was told I'd never really say that about myself but dad was like you're very naturally talented and that only gets you so far yeah and then the next few years 12 13 14 15 kids got bigger stronger and that like it'd be the same thing as like footy kids yeah. get bigger and they don't actually have to be good they just run hard or whatever yeah. and that's the same thing with surfing spray and power and that mm. and at that age like if you're small you can't get big when you're like 14 yeah. and you're not really thinking about that so it's like and that Paddle up your back and I hated the competitive side because I wasn't really a competitive. Yeah. I loved winning, but I was a bit, I was a bit of a sook. I'd like lose and cry. Oh, yeah. Pussy. Couldn't no, it's just because you're compassionate. You're passionate. Yeah, like I really loved passion. surfing, but yeah. I didn't have that drive to, I didn't have that grunt in yeah. me at that mm. point. And then it took a while where those years kind of went by. Kind of still making finals, not really winning anything. And then like 15, 16, I was like, all right, if I kind of want to do this, mm. I'm going to have to I've got the natural talent. I've got to have that grunt. I've got extras. To, I've got to be a fuckwit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've got to learn how to play the game. It's like it's a game within – I mean, it's a 20-minute heat or a 25-minute heat, but it's a game within itself. Like, you've got to play it right. Like, yeah. And you come to that conclusion on your own or did someone say, nah, hey, bro, with dad and a couple of other people, yeah, like my coach harder. back then, Dan Frosham, I think I had Barton Lynch's help and ex-pro surfer. But just like people would, would tell you those things, like – because they want to help you. And I mean, I think for a bit there, I was getting a bit down on myself because I wasn't doing good when deep down I knew why. Yeah. But I was trying to brush it off. Mm. Like I was like, okay. But once I kind of, it doesn't, it wasn't like I figured it out. Yeah. But when I did kind of figure it out, things kind of started building like 15, 16, won a big comp up on the Gold Coast, which kind of I was like, okay. And that was a comp where I needed that strategic competitive side. Man. And I used it. 
kind of like I think it was the final I, for the first 15 minutes of a 20 minute final this guy James Young good mate of mine great like good surfer but he was always the bigger fella he was like a bully and he was up my back the whole final yep. and there's like a break all at D-bar there so he catch waves back on the inside and there was I think there was priority but he was still just hassling me and I didn't this was when priority first started so like first priority get first priority they have second priority there's only two of us but I didn't really understand it. Yeah. And he was just so smart. Just mm. had me. And it wasn't until like the last five minutes and I like I was in combination. I needed like sixteen points. So like two eights. Yeah. I sold him on one. He had priority. And then the next one was a psycho one. Got like a nine eight. And I went, I'm in it. Let's go. <laughs> and hit then him I with like, the show and go. <laughs> yeah. Hit him with the show and go. And then I think the next day I would drop like an eight five or something. And then he needed like a nine nine. Like put yeah. him like straight back with two minutes to go. And I was like, I've got you. No good in zone. my head, like little sixteen-year-old, I was like, "Got you, motherfucker!" And that's the first time that you put your brain and your skill all together and fucking put yeah. Your I knowledge think that event kind of led up to that point, but yeah. I think that point I kind of went, "Okay, I can." There was definitely heats in where I had to use it, but that final starting on the back foot and having someone so determined to beat you, and then I flipped it. Well, I think yeah. that could have been a make or break. Like even if I got second in that event, it would have been a pretty big thing. But cause I won, and from that um, kind of. Um, Spot or position yeah. I started in, like yeah, I mean, from sixteen points behind. Sort yeah, of sixteen points behind. The like, combination is a pretty ment- pretty hard mental state to come back from. You're like, oh, oh. But I mean, like first or second in the comp, like you're pretty happy with the result. But to get the win there, and that's kind of where things went on into the junior series. And yeah, the confidence you get out of that, yeah, combo to cunt and fucking win it. Yeah, yeah. how good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you do that, and then like the next week, there's another comp. You back up like two days later. Went down to the Rusty Grand Fest, lost first heat, went home. Like so, like that's just like that's how hard things are to like. Once you, I had to learn how to win, yeah. and win again. Like you live on that high, mm. and the media, well, not media back then, but like commentary, yep. they'd be like, "Oh, Jago Baker won the last comp, like coming in after a win." Mate, couldn't even stand up. Like I was <laughs> melted down, lost. Fuck. Fuck. Like lost first heat, and that's usually what happens. Like it's hard to back up a, a result, and that's kid stuff, but. The comps back then were really close together. But mm-hmm. now, if we had comps that close together now, I'd love it because you run on that high yeah. and you know how to use it. But back then, I was like, I'm the freaking guy. You've got the wind mm-hmm. And then you lose yeah. and you're back down here. But now, you see it on the QS, like guys get runs on yeah. and they just go boom, boom, boom. Like the year, I think Ryan, Ryan might have qualified and he just went event by event, I event, bang, bang, bang. And yeah. just you get on that roll. And I think it was even the year. Was that the, when he won Portugal? Was that that year? Yeah, the second year he qualified. So he went like Japan, never won a QS before, won Japan, went to Belita or something. I don't know if he did that good there. And then he just got into Europe leg and yeah. just went boom, bang, bang, boom, bang. boom. And then got the CT spots and started making Gabby look like a 12-year-old girl yeah. and started going, come in. He was giving it to him and it was sick. That's what I was trying to say to Hoy when he was in. Did you get that roll on? He's like, nah, because it was the last leg of the Australian tour. And yeah. then, sort of the next and then there's like a break. Of, yeah. So like if you're on a good run, so like if you want to get on a run, I think the best, like another good one, another Newcastle boy, Morgan, mm. last year in Europe, mate. That's how you get on a roll, and it's Fuck like no. it's like a roll. He started in Spain, and everyone, like, I mean, people knew who he was, but he was a pretty low ranked guy. Like we were kind of in the same zone. Went to Spain and got third, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's sick!" Like that'll be a sick like one off result kind of thing. Like that's what kind of people were kind of saying. Mad. And then he didn't do good in the second one. I think I did good in the second one, and then he came back in the third one and went crazy again, and went from that leg. Like a hundred and tenth in the world to like twelfth in qualification fuck. into Hawaii, and then because those events are pretty close together, 
he had a little injury setback. I think he did like a minor strain to his MCL. So he had an e-brace on in Hawaii, but he had like that little bit of injury grunt and that roll on and mm. qualified. Like, I mean, sick. you can have like the best four months of your life and qualify or you have dudes that can kind of have an okay year, but you want to have that good block yeah, like together. where you just get on a roll. Yeah, getting on a roll, that's the thing. So run us through your um, run us through what the process is like getting on the getting on the QS. Yeah, the QS is um pretty pretty tricky because for a bit there now it's pretty straightforward. So like you finish the junior series when you're 18, mm-hmm. and if you do good in the junior series, you start getting QS seeds. If you don't, you can just start in the low QS. But for us, in my year, we we were meant to have the junior series till 21, um, but halfway through that year they cut it from us. Um, they said, we're going to bring it back to 18. We want younger guys in the QS. We need a younger Aussies um, kind of qualifying, getting closer and closer. Um, so then that year, the junior series ended. I just missed out on, like, they have a junior world title, like top four from Osgo. I needed to win the last event. Got second in the last 10 seconds. So that was another downer. But from that point onwards, it was good. My dad and my, and my manager, Mick Kane, just said, what do we do now? Go to a couple QSs, a couple small ones in Japan. Went over there and got a little roll on, just in little ones, just one star. So it's only a thousand points. I think I got third and then like a a ninth. Then that set me up to go to Europe. I had enough points to go to the Europe leg. Yep. And then that year didn't do good in Europe or anything, but just kept doing events. But then when I started in January of the following year, which would be twenty fifteen sixteen, maybe around that time. Um, I had a ranking and I could do the fives and the six stars and the three stars, but the boys that didn't do that, they were kind of starting. So it was a smart head start and that's kind of, I got in the QS early and started to learn it, but it was a good head start to kind of like, I don't know, get ahead and kind of realise what it's like. Like jumping from the juniors to the QS is is probably similar to jumping from like New South Wales Cup to first grade, grade, kind of like that. Like there's a different, different type of, or going from like 18s to grade or yeah, something. Yeah, like 18s grade. Yeah, like that. You'd be like, it's jumping in with the big boys. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and then still jumping into that, then you're jumping up the event. So, like, you could get comfortable in your, your one and three stars, and then the six stars a little bit. Mate, you get to the primes, and that's mm. like, that's the, I mean, it's the closest thing to the CT. Yeah. And it's, mate, that's next level. You have to have a lot of confidence in yourself to do good there. You have to know that, okay, I may not be as good as these guys, but I've got to prove to myself that I am as good as these guys. Mm. So how many events can you hit a year? As many as you want. As many as you want. If how many you, events are like, there to possibly hit? If you were to do, you could potentially do 25 to 30 events in a year. Yeah, right. But, just need the cash but to top echelon, them. like six stars and ten stars, if you got the ranking for them. Like if the goal to qualify is probably, I think every year there's five or six, six stars and five or six ten stars, so you do 12, and yeah. maybe a three star here and there, and maybe a one star if it's at home, like there's foster ones yeah. on that at the start of the yeah. year. But I think one year I might have done 20 events. Oh, yeah, sweet. I didn't have a lot of money, but you just you just do it, and the money, the prize money comes in from other events, and you kind of just fund yourself mm, kind of going you through. Over. Like, yeah. yeah, there might be an event where you're, where you're struggling, but then the prize money comes in from the one before, and then you can pay your bills. Like, there's never... You never really get ahead on the QS unless you're on Bitcoin, yep. which is quite hard to be on. But like, I mean, now working, I'd go back to grinding that. Like, I'm, I, I wanted to come back. I want to get back. You want to like, get back in the grind. I want to grind and live off nothing and 
want to have that grunt to surf again. Yeah, I was going to say, what's it? What was it like having to just wake up and go surfing every day, getting paid for it? And now, due to Corona, the tour's cancelled, and you got to go to fucking work every yeah, day. Is that shit out or what? Yeah, it's, it's um, it's I, I reckon it's a good thing. Like I'm taking it as a positive. Yeah, it's good. It's a good thing to learn what the other other part of society does. Mm-hmm. Like we're very lucky, and I don't think I really realised that for a fair while. Yeah. Like couple of years there on pretty good money and that and then even the last few years haven't been on that good money but i've just been getting by yeah doing good getting by getting by and mate you're still getting paid mate i'll get up go get a coffee go surf surf eight nine hours a day and you're still getting your bills paid and Sweet. getting ready for the next event and training with paz and that to dead set like struggling to get to training with paz because i'm working six till six mm. like yeah i don't want to claim that i like i mean i'm not saying that I'm doing hard work. Everyone works hard, but I mean, it's a big change, yeah. eh? Like it's it's when, been real weird. When um, Eric Growth Junior got dropped back to Wentworthville, he turned up to training. He's playing for Para for years. Turn, turn up to training. All these guys are turning up in there. Work youths getting out of their trucks. They're plumbers and chippies and that. And he's like, "Fuck! I didn't realize how lucky I had it. I yeah. could just roll out of bed, go and get a coffee, go and do a fucking mm. physio session, yeah. go back home, watch a movie. Very now I've got to. These guys are grinding out nine hours a day and, and playing and footy, yeah. top grade footy. And it makes you feel because it makes you realize like you would like much rather be on even if you're not on as much money as you used to be or whatever. You you would much rather be on shit money, oh. just surfing every day, than good money getting up and fucking going to work oh. every day, bro. I'd go <laughs> back to like just doing. I was doing a bit of surf school stuff here and there yeah. and surf coaching, mate. I'd do that any day of a week <laughs> and do what I was doing, get paid what I was, rather than now like. Doing sixty hour weeks, fifty five hour weeks. Like, I don't, I don't surf through the week. I'm a weekend warrior now. But I mean, it's not gonna. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's winter. It's winter. That's when you want to be fucking in. Yeah, yeah but, but um, but um, sun will be up longer. In but summer. I mean, the like, I mean, things are they they uh, said the other day they're planning on getting the tour back going next year, back into this year, next year. Yes, yeah, don't so really see it. I want it to happen, mm-hmm. but shit's got to clear up pretty fast but if it does i'll probably step back from work a bit more i mean it's more just to keep busy and save a bit of money but probably probably try to get back in the gym a bit more with paz and i've been still trying to get there two days a week he's just said get here when you get here yeah been getting there at like 5 36 o'clock so it's good that he's good like that even though he's got young young kids and that still very lucky to have him go just come come when you come kind of thing like yeah that's good of him mate and have you noticed um like your surfing like strength wise and like Training with Pat, is that, how has that helped you? Well, in the peak, like when we, like the start of this year and that when the comps were going good, I was feeling the best I've ever felt. Like I, I've, I have said that the f- last few years, like at the start we go real hard and being, um, being pretty smart with diet and not drinking and stuff. And not going mate, to you the feel pie so shop every other day? No, nah, not going to the <laughs> pie shop, not not doing that. But um, yeah, this at the start of this year, like I think I would have, if this year went on without this COVID stuff, I reckon I was on my way to qualifying potentially i was feeling the best i've ever felt i had a good start of the year because you fucking you were killing it at surface bro yeah i did good here did good did at manly good here, man. like and i don't usually have a good aussie leg no. I've, I've won a couple small ones but not the points i've got now i've got like nearly four thousand points now just after like three events four events which is Fuck. best i've ever done and then the year just goes dung the mm. good thing is i keep those points next year when we start again good. but yeah. i was on a run and like no joke from manly I came home from Manly on the Thursday. I was meant to fly to New Zealand on the Saturday. Came home, booked my flights, got ready to go, woke up on the Friday, went for a surf at Dixon Park and then had like 20 – I picked up my phone and had like 25 missed calls. I was like, what, what's going on, eh? Like, got a first call, voicemail, yep, um, New Zealand's been cancelled. And I was like, 
fuck, I was so excited to go. Yeah. Like, you get on that roll, like, it was manly two days later into that. Like, mm. it could have just, should have, would have, could have, anything like that. But, I mean, just got to take that same outlook into next year or when, if next year's a thing or the next year after or whenever we start again. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, the sport will go back. And when it does, you just got to be ready, kind of thing. Yeah, that's it. Hey, train, train for the meantime. I'm, I don't know how you feel. Not quite a, quite as bad as how you feel. But we got a men's trip that was meant, well, mm. meant to be going on in twenty days, and I'm just oh. fucking looking at the calendar, going, "This shit sucks." Yeah, that would be hard to miss, eh? Oh, so I, just, I wanted meant. to ask you a bit of a personal question. Um, how did you find like, because like you you lost your mum at quite a young age, and you were. I know you were competing around that time and stuff. How did, how did that affect you? How did you feel like, you know, having to deal with that, this horrible traumatic event in your life as a family and as a surfer yeah. and then having to just kind of not put it aside but, but, but just kind of carry on and just keep doing what you're doing? Yeah, it was pretty tough there because I kind of – the backstory of it all, I think I was in Japan in late July. I actually won my first QS event. It was only a one-star, but I was like – yeah. Kind of went on the top of the world, like I was feeling on the top of the world to coming home and crazy part about this story is I won 10 grand, 10 grand US or something, fair bit of coin, and um, I um, changed my flights home. It was going to be like five or 600 bucks or something, like a crazy amount to get home, but I just had this feeling I had to do it and I had to come home. It was only a day earlier or something. I was like, but I've got to do it. I've got to do it. I, I don't know why. And now I know why. I got home. I got that flight early. Dad's like, it's a, it's a fair bit of money to spend. I was like, no, nah, I'm doing it. Got home that afternoon. The afternoon I got home, that was the last ever night my mum was ever home. That one night we all had dinner together and that was the last night my mum was ever at our house. So I'm pretty, pretty I don't know. Yeah. Things happen for a reason But I just had this thing I was like I don't care how much I spend I'm getting home now Mum was quite crook at the time But not really She'd just been battling it And yeah. then That Next morning Went into hospital And was in hospital For the next Three weeks And then Passed away on the 16th of August So it was Had she battled cancer before Or this was the first time That she sort she She got it when I was young When I was three She had breast cancer Conquered it um, and then kind of always kind of got the all clear, like go for your checkups and that. Yeah. And then me and dad were in a, we were all, me, my dad and my mum were all in Indo at a trip and mum just woke up one day and was losing vision in one eye. Just blurry. Yep. Not really thinking anything of it. And I didn't know on that trip because I had like a surfing life trip with a couple of photographers and dad was coming. So dad, mum kind of knew they went to hospital in Bali or someone saw an eye specialist or something with true travel insurance and dad didn't tell me, I didn't really know. Went on the trip, had a hell trip, mum flew home, not knowing that mum had a little tumour on her eye, like a, it was rubbing against her retina okay. or something, so that was blocking. They got all that, had the treatment for that, the eye part was kind of kept at bay, but that popped back up. When you'd had the all clear, but cancer comes back. Yeah. So she'd had the all clear for like 12 years or something. Mm. Then it comes back. So that happened and then it started coming back in her breast and liver. And then things just kind of rolled on from there. But for for a while there, we just was like, mum's going to kick on. Like yeah. people do. Mm. Treatment was going all right. She uh, lost her hair again and stuff through chemo and stuff. And I was getting used to that because she had a wig and that. That was pretty hard to get used to, not seeing your mum very well. And mm. But I did everything I could for her. Like, I was travelling. I was, I was so happy to come home. But that part, I didn't really enjoy the QS because as soon as I lost, I wanted to come home. And I did. 
I didn't enjoy the places I was going to because I was like, I want to get home to mum. Yeah. And there was trips I went to that that year in 2016 at the start where I was like, oh, I just want to get home. I don't care. Probably wasted a bit of money, but I was like, if oh, this is the time waste, that I no, missed, no, like at the, I was just like, I'm going to get home no matter what. I had a trip in the Mentowies where I was on a boat for four, for 12 days, no contact. I was like, what? What do I like? What if Mum's gone now? Like I had no idea, but I was like, "There's like a satellite phone on the boat." I was like, "Surely if something's happened, that would ring me." Got back to the got back to the channel there at um, Padang there, and first thing I had a call from Mum, and she was talking. I was like, "Yes, yeah, like I was that was the happiest." But um, yeah, so I had that Japan thing, and then yeah, she kind of went after that. It was pretty hard time at home. Me and Dad were kind of trading off nights at the hospital. My sister didn't want to sleep there; she couldn't really handle it. I was like, "I'm gonna take whatever time I can get." Yep. I slept with her the Friday night in on like the like the sit up chairs. You sit up yeah, like this. They suck. It was eh? that uncomfortable, but as long as Mum slept, but I knew things were getting bad. And then the following night, Dad traded off. He slept with a Saturday, and then the Sunday morning, Dad called me and my sister Mariah. I was with my girlfriend Emily as well. He goes, "Get here now." I no joke had undies on, no shoes. Got him a little Toyota Corolla, drove that quick up there. I'm surprised they haven't got done for speeding like it's years ago now. But I did the dumbest shit. Pulled up at the hospital, pulled up in like the ambulance bay, still had me undies on, pulling me pants up, no shirt on. The lady at the front desk is like, nah, you can't come in. I was like, fuck you, like, bitch. Fuck. <laughs> like, fuck, I'm not running through with my dax falling off. Got my shirt on, walked in, and dad's like, when my dad was on the phone to me and my sister, she passed away. Oh. But that's what they always say. They they don't want us. They don't want anyone to see him suffer. Yeah. yeah. So she took her opportunity when Dad walked out of the room, and that's like how how things how things go. And yeah, it's a tough time. I think with all that, with like as I said at the start, with the traveling, I didn't enjoy it. I had a Europe trip or something around that time. I was meant to go to America when around the time Mum passed away. That got cancelled. But then I went to Europe, and Dad's like, "Do you want to go?" I stayed home for Mum's funeral and it, and all that with the family and. It was a really tough time for everyone, but Dad's like, "Do you want to go to Europe?" I was like, "Nah, I'm going to give it up for the year. I don't want to do it. I don't have to like why." Dad's yeah. like, "But think about how hard it's going to be in six months to start again. Like if you get on the horse now, it's going to be easier. If you just jump back on and just go, he goes, you go to Europe. You don't have to do good. Just go. Mm. Just go." I was like, "All right." He goes, "But if you're going, we're going." So my dad and my sister came along, which was really oh, like so that was probably good. the best thing we've ever done. He goes, no one's getting left behind. We're sticking together. So that's we so all good. went together. Oh, that's fucking. We great. had like a five or six week trip. I think dad even stayed for eight weeks or something. So I came home because I didn't do that good. And then there was an event in Costa Rica where there was good points at. And um, dad's like, do you want to go to that? I was like, well, I probably should. So I flew home, hung with my missus and her family for a bit. Dad stayed. Dad stayed oh. and watched like Portugal. No, what do you, he stayed and watched the Quicksilver Pro France. Him and my sister went up to France. I had the sickest trip. I like went and stayed up there and I did that trip. So your to, sister stayed as well? Yeah, sister stayed. They just stayed together and I came home, saw the missus and that and flew to Costa Rica and did that. And then for a bit there though, I think that year I kind of just brushed mum's passing away. Like I didn't really deal with it. Deal with it. It took a fair while to kind of just deal with it. I think for a few years there I kind of just brushed it off like – I didn't really – I just took the travelling as a – as like a distraction and yeah. the competing as a distraction. And I think it wasn't until I had losses and, and hard times, I was just so emotional and so angry. I had so much inner anger yeah. that I was like, this isn't normal. And there'd be little things that had just clicked me off and I was like – I don't think this is this is normal. Well, there's no real guidebook to tell you. How no, to deal no with one loss. tells you how to like, do no, it, and you just got to do it 
you just got to come yeah. to it naturally, you know, and how 100%. you respond to it. It's just how you respond to it. Yeah, you know? I think like I mean, like my lucky, lucky thing was, I mean, not not lucky. I won't say that, but um, seeing Ryan go through such a similar thing and seeing how he dealt with it That's crazy. was such a good role model in such a hard time. Like I mean, in the space of two years or a year and a half, Ryan's dad went in February. My mum went in that August and his mum went the following Mother's Day. So it was like a year and a half of just trauma for like just the worst possible outcome of anything. Like so but seeing how he dealt with it, how he pulled through, kinda set a path for how I could do it as well, kind of thing. Like it was like I mean, it's such a tough time for I mean, mate, if I d I don't know what I'd do if I lost my dad. And losing two, but you just kind of. Do you feel close with Ryan because of that? I think we were. Like we've always been really of. close. Um, I think for a bit there we were a little bit distant just because of both dealing with things. Like mm. I think I kind of felt in a way I kind of wanted him to teach me. Yeah. But I think he needed his time to do yeah. his thing. Yeah. And now we're on the other end of that. Like I think ryan's like a best mate train with him like he really helps me with a lot of things as well like just with training now with working he's like it's good you're working and good good when you get to the gym and we go surf together he's so good to surf with he even sent me a podcast to listen to the other day at work just like helping me with little things like that just 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 like when we got so much downtime he just wants to help and i think that's like i said the older boys in Merriweather, that's what they're like but Ryan's Ryan's such a good role model. Like, I mean, every kid in Merriweather wants to be like Ryan, and I think that's the best part about it. Yeah, he's the type of guy that when we're in the gym, because I've done a bit of training with you at Paz's house, when he speaks, everyone listens. You notice that? Even like us footy everyone boys and up. that. He doesn't really say much in there, but when he starts talking, everyone stops and listens yeah. to what he's got to say because he what, he picks his words very carefully, and he's a fucking yeah, he's pretty inspirational. When very he's smart. Pretty, not always talking, but when he is... Oh shit! Listen, shut yeah. up. Yeah, and we're, we're up. doing different training. They're doing like heavy chins, and we're doing big back squats, so different sort of stuff. But when he starts talking, everyone's like, "Oh, yeah. what's he saying?" Like, yeah. it's like I speak a lot of shit. Yeah, no one listens. No one listens. <laughs> no one speaks. <laughs> nah, but it's it's good. Like everything, like, he's such a good role. Like such a good person to be able to train with. Such a good person to be able to see every day. Yeah, and just to be able, like, <clears> just to see where he is now, mate. It's an inspiration to everybody. And I don't think anyone, anyone, athletes. I mean, yeah, athletes have had a lot of hard things go by, but mate, that's they should they should write a book about him. He's that yeah. good. That's fucked Hell up. Hell yeah. Man. So, um, where where is one of the through surfing? You like you're quite fortunate, not fortunate because you worked hard at it and fucking. Yeah. It's just like anything. You're not lucky. You're like fucking, yeah. You've put yeah. the time and effort in to do this. Where's uh, where, where's surfing taking you? Where's some of the? What's your favourite wave? And where's some of the best places you've been like from surfing and stuff? Yeah, well, like I was saying before, when it was like that tough time and mum, I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. I think when I started to get better mentally after that time, I started going, fuck, I'm at some beautiful places Mm. and started to realise that and enjoy it. I don't think in the last two years I've come home early, early from a trip. I've just gone, well, fuck, I'm in wherever i'm gonna stay here and enjoy the shit out of it and like yeah you, you train hard you work hard but fuck if i lose get on the piss with the boys and have a bit of fun like it's then like now i i'd see the boys party and that and go i don't really want to do that but now i'm like i'm i'm in america or i'm yeah. here do it 
Yeah. It's two nights, whatever. You got a comp in a week. Who cares? Have your fun and then you know to put the hard work in after. It's like go rent a car and drive around. Have a look. We were in like the French French Caribbean, Martinique, and then we went to Barbados, like two sick Caribbean islands. Mm. It's mad. Like the first <laughs> trip I was there, I wanted to go home early and I did. Then the next year I went and stayed in Martinique and because I enjoyed it, I did good in the comp there. But drove around the island, checked it all out. Like it's so good. When you start enjoying that stuff, because I mean you should just enjoy that stuff. I mean, mm. but when you got other things going on, you just yeah. got other things on your mind. But like I, I, I mean, love the mentalities. Love to go on a boat trip back there. So good there, isn't it? So good, so beautiful. Like, even not a huge love of America, but I kind of just enjoyed the atmosphere of the US Open. Like, it's the top echelon of, like, a surfing contest. It's crazy, eh? Like, people everywhere, like, the crowds to people. Like, to me, I'm a nobody. Over there, people know your name. They're watching <laughs> your heat. Oh, like, Sweet. Like, I'm a bottom feeder of the QS. Like, 80-something in the world, there's, like, People coming up, you going, oh, hey, Jack, how are you going? Can we get a senior? Can we get a photo? You're like, oh, oh, what? what? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, fucking yeah, here. Where yeah. is it? <laughs> yeah, 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 just let me get my shirt off. <laughs> let me get my ring out. <laughs> oh, fuck. Nah, but um, just things like that. And then just Europe's the coolest, I reckon. Europe, just as a whole, Spain, Portugal, just like with the, the price of food and yeah. drinks and the people. I think people just wise. Just the attitude as just well. Just the attitude towards everything. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of arrogant Europeans and that's fine. France, I know I'm not a huge lover. Portugal and Spain, most beautiful people. Want you to enjoy your time there. Yeah. Like the Airbnb hosts go above and beyond. Like, like as soon as you book a nice Airbnb, mate. You won't go back to a shit one, eh? <laughs> they do everything. Like, you rock up, they got a bottle of wine and a cheese board there for mm. you. And, I mean, yeah, the Euro's, like, a lot of money. But, like, when you – this year I travelled with Conor O'Leary, Stewie Kennedy and Dean Bowen. Like, the last event at Aerosero, we um, we got a we got a pretty nice Airbnb. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, like, the best thing we've ever done. End of the trip, sick house. Yeah. It was only, like, 400, 400 or 500 Aussie each. But like just splashing out a little yeah, bit at the end it. of the trip, and the chick was so. It was actually we were eating at this restaurant because we stayed there a couple nights before the second event, and then came back to the last event. And um, the chick, the one of the boys was like, she was like, oh, she's kind of hot, eh? She ended up being our Airbnb host. Oh really? And she was like, <laughs> like no, we're like, what's this chick doing at our house? Boys like, no way. And she worked at the restaurant we went to every night. She was like hooking us up with cheap feeds and that. And you just mm. meet. As soon as you go in with an open mind to a trip, things just can change, eh? Like, if you lose, you just got to just gotta learn to enjoy it. Like, you lose, you lose. Yeah, I mean, you lose more than you win. Have you got some serious mates on tour? Serious mates? Like, like good, good mates that you've done some, fucking like, surfing and spending yeah, lots, I, and lots I'm, of time I'm, with? Yeah, I'm a pretty friendly person. I, lo- I love everyone. Like, everyone I kind of get on with. But, yeah, this year in Europe, I mean, last year in Europe, I had a really good crew, a couple of older boys, Conor O'Leary yeah. on the CT, Stewie Kennedy and Dean Bowen. I think just staying with them, I think for a bit there, I stayed with a couple of my mates, Jacob and Kalani. We're all, we're all really similar age. Yeah. And because we wanted to all do good, like, it was, we, were, we I don't think we enjoyed it as much because we were really driven and we were pushing each other in every aspect yep. but then as soon as i stayed with the older boys we kind of like just fed off each other like kind of felt like i had a couple dads yeah right and like like you just helped each other out in every aspect it was like you were pretty happy to 
help each other out with boards. Like, hey, is this pink board going good? And they're like, yeah, it is. Because your result doesn't really affect them. Yeah. Right. But when you stay with blokes your age, you're fighting for contracts. You're fighting, even though you're best mates. Like, I'm yeah. best mates with those boys. But we're too close. Yeah. Like, and I mean, if they get a good result, you're like, yeah, you're stoked for them, but. Fuck, I wish I was me, eh? Yeah. But, like, when the boys do good, like, Stewie and Connor did good in Europe, like, I was so frothing. Yeah. I think I had a bet with them over there. If they, one of them made past the quarters, because none of us had done really good in that leg. They could do whatever they wanted to my hair. <laughs> and, mate, they fucked my hair up, eh? They chopped at it everywhere. I had bits hanging off. The next morning, we had a big night on the beers the last night. I went to the airport. I flew home by myself. People were just looking at me in the airport going, who is this idiot, eh? I had, I had a beanie on the whole way home. And you get too hot, so you take it off. Shit's everywhere. <laughs> like the air hostess goes, what happened to you last night? I went, don't, don't you worry. This happened when I was sober, darling. <laughs> I lost a bet. I lost a bet. So uh, you've served Hawaii and stuff like that, obviously. I just want to know, what's have you ever, like, from what I've heard, I've never been to Hawaii, but, like, when you're surfing and stuff over there, you know, there's a bit of fucking. There's a bit of stories around the the North Shore kind of setup and stuff. Have you ever had any any trouble with any locals or anything like that? Like any yeah, fancy ask. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is it as hectic as what everyone? It's very very hectic. Um, I think you just got to go in there, go over there, just be respectful. It's like anywhere, but there especially. Um, yeah, I got in a no, not wasn't really bad, but I c- could have been a. Could have been a bit mellower bloke, but I picked the worst bloke to get in a get in a trouble with. <laughs> For anyone listening, if you've ever seen Blue Crush, you know the mm. biggest dude with the big tattoos, Kalara Alexander. Yeah, I had him um, hit me up on the G Gram on the Instagram. Um, so I had a heat out sunset. It was like the third round. It was the three star event before they do the triple crown. So it's like a. It's like a practice event kind of for us guys, but you still want to do good there. Yeah, mm. little roll into yeah, it. Yeah, little roll in and it's, you get more practice time in at sunset. Like, mate, when sunset's crowded, you're not getting shit. It's like a oh, snapper, yeah, but okay. 10 foot. So it's a chance to get in the water. Chance to get in the water with people. four dudes yeah, in practice. Sweet. So I had my chances and this heat went on. Kind of had a bit of a sh- – I think I was doing all right. I had one good score, but just couldn't get it back up. I think I rode too small a board for how big it was because I kind of had the idea of how I wanted to surf. I knew I had a 6'4", I should have had a 6'6". Six, six. Like, that's a fair big difference over Ooh, there. Two inches. Yeah, two inches. Everyone's chasing the extra two inches. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, in surfing, like, especially over there, that's a huge difference. But um, got to the end of the heat, minute to go, two minutes to go, whatever. I had first priority, so my priority for the wave. First wave of the set came. I had a look, kind of half looked at it. Definitely didn't show intent. So I didn't go. Evan kind of, like, paddled as well. This guy, Evan Valier, great wine surfer um but he thought that i paddled for it and i lost priority so he didn't really look at the priority board and then i went the next one to go for the next one and he was up the point deeper than me and he'd taken off even though it was my priority so i've paddled and he's coming off in front of me as i'm about to stand up and i'm like what do i do hit him or do i pull back and put my hands up for an interference Mm -hmm. They're the two options. So either way, I'm probably going to get bashed. Like, <laughs> doing this like a bitch. Either way, or I'm fucked. I was like, but this makes me look like a bitch. But do I run into him and injure one of us or both of us? Like, So by putting your hands up, is that, is that how you indicate that? Well, I was like, I can't that? get down like, there. I've the got fuck? priority. Like, yeah. how can I get there when he's at the bottom? I'm going to run into him. Like, that's dangerous. Is so that a rule or are you were just showing? Hey, I was like, just going, hey, yeah. like. So it's well, not a rule. Well, no, nah, it's not oh, a rule. Okay. Not but um, so that happened. I didn't catch the wave. And then the next one came. I ended up getting the last one. Got a little, I got like a four. I think I needed like a five or something. I got like a, a f- 
before something. Evan was in second at the point. So I was in third, needing to beat him. So then we've got to the beach. Funny story at the end of it. And that last wave, I was grinding the end. There's this little shelf on the end of sunset. I've smacked the end section. And I've run up over the shelf, not knowing what the tide is. Not one of my fins out. <laughs> so I'm coming up the beach, like, thinking that I'd lost the heat from the interference. So would, whatever. Knocked me fin out. I was like, fuck, this is heavy, eh? Finless. Finless. Lost the fin and the plug and everything. I was like, wow, this is wild. So I'm walking up the beach with two fins. Like people going, what happened? And I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> so, I've gone back to, so I've gone back to the beach, Marshall, where you get your rashy from that. Handed that back and whatnot. And then I've just walked off because I didn't really think anything of it. They weren't really mm. speaking about it or anything. So I've walked back to the boys. We were like a bit down the beach a bit more. Like right on the point at sunset where you kind of look straight into it, not diagonal into it. Um, and I kind of just sat there for a bit. And I was like looking at my phone and it refreshed and it had me in last. Mm. And I was like, okay, I've lost. So I kind of like started packing up my gear. Then I had a missed call from dad and dad was like, what was that about? What do you reckon? Interference? I was like, dad, it's Hawaii. Like, let's get real. Where was he in, back at Oz? Yeah, he was back in Oz. He's like, I watched that. That was like, what do you reckon? I was like, well, I don't think they're going to give it my way because I'm a young Aussie against a legend Hawaiian. Like, you mm. know how it goes. Like In Hawaii. Yeah, in, in Hawaii. I doubt it goes my way. And then I refreshed my phone after I spoke to dad and they put me in second. They mm. gave him the interference. Uh. So I've ran back to the beach, Marshall, just to c- confirm. Yeah. And I've run back <clears> and <throat> Evan was there. He's like, oh, like, he was pretty cruisy about it. He's like, yeah. oh, I, th- I thought you went the first. I was like, oh, no, nah, I kind of missed today. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of heavy, kind of a dog shot. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, mate. Like, it's just competitive surfing, blah, blah, blah. I didn't really say anything. He's like, oh, all good. I was like, I don't even know if they've confirmed the call. I don't know what they're doing. I've just, just sat on my phone. And then as I refreshed it there, they've put him back to second. So it's just hold the barkle. And then so I've gone home and checked the results and I'm in the next round. Yeah, and I'm right. like, holy shit, I have made it. So that happened. And then I, I surfed the next day. The waves are pretty good. I lost. Yeah. And that Arvo, I think it was a Halloween or something. So me and the boys are just cruising there at our joint. And I've just picked up my phone. And I got an Instagram direct from Kalad the Captain. That's his Instagram. Yeah. Kalad the Captain. Yeah. And I was like, I'm the man. I'm the man. <laughs> he's he's, like, he's like praising me or something. Like, I'm the I'm Let's the go king. get some burritos, yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Pokey balls with the boys. And I was like, yes, I'm in. And then I read the message and it was like only a paragraph. And I was like, my heart sank. I was like, I'm dead. <laughs> what did I say? What did I say? I'm dead. This is a small island, boys. I'm gone. <laughs> And um, I just said, because um, that wave that I paddled for, I, I probably could have missed it, but I was going to get it, but I pulled back. So it was mm. like, um, you weren't going to get that wave, you little punk bitch. Um, <laughs> stop using little fuckwit tactics, um, something like that, and just went, um, watch your back or something. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm dead. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm dead. So I told the boys I was staying with, they're like, oh, it's Where's probably just a gunshot. <laughs> I was like, I need to go home. And I was still there for four weeks. I there for like a month. Oh. And then I told the boys and they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I won't tell dad, won't tell me missus. I don't want them worrying. Yeah. So I didn't really tell anyone. But then somehow one of the boys, I had a screenshot of the message, sent it to a couple, sent it to the boys I was with. And then they sent it to a couple of the other mm. surfers. And then it kind of just got around. Like they were just sending it to each other. And they're like, oh, how's Bakes? He's done. Like, Bakes is a goner. I was getting messages from the boys. Other Stay boys away the from Bakes. They're like, he's they're, like, they're like, Bakes is done. I was like, no. And then one day we're going to Halib for a surf and I thought they were taking the piss out of me. I was sitting in the sitting in the back of the car that we had going to practice for the next event. These big black like F three fifties pulled up behind us with you know the ones with the dual tires on the back? Yeah. And I'm oh, talking yeah. the biggest ute possible. Yeah. <laughs> 
they're like, oh, that's Kalar, jokingly. And I look back and go, no, it's actually him. <laughs> and I was like, so in my head, I thought he was following me. So we've got into the car park and the boy's like, you get now? I was like, nah, I'm staying in here. Eh? So I've hit under the seat <laughs> with a towel over me, like put my head up out the window looking for him. And Man, I ended up- saw you. <laughs> What are you oh. doing, bro? <laughs> what, what are you doing, little bitch? <laughs> oh, nothing. Just, <laughs> just, stretch, just stretching my back down here. No, man, I was but, um, to have a nap. <laughs> pretty tired. I had a big session this morning. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that happened. He ended up leaving and that. And then, um, yeah, nothing happened. But, mate, that surf was so scary. Because he works. So, however, there's like a there's like a boat channel. And he's yeah. like a really good fisherman. Catches big ahi, like for the pokey and that. And. He always works there, so every day we'll rock out. Hell, I was like, if he's there, I'm dead, eh? And then, but nev- nothing ever came of it. I think it's just they do that for scare tactics. Did you ever speak you know, to him uh, since then? Never spoke to him since then. What did Hoyo say to you? Hoyo goes, you should have just Hoyo when I came home. He goes, oh, how's that thing with Kala? I was like, yeah, pretty, pretty wild, eh? He's like, yeah, I, I, I tell you what, you should have done. Should have just gone and knocked on his door at sunset because like everyone knows what he, where his house is. He's like, just go and knock on his door. And you probably just punch you in the head and then you walk off. And I went, I'm not going to his house to get dead set punched in the head. That's a good he goes, tactic. He goes, he goes, he goes, he probably, he goes, the chances of him close fisting is pretty low, but he, he'll probably open hand you pretty hard mm. and then that'll be square and you just apologise. I'm like, but what am I apologising for? Like, I don't want to go down the shops yeah. for a punch in the face. No, I don't really want to go to his house and get a big old open hand slap. Yeah, a big hand like a but rack um, of bananas. Oh, but, um, What's the chances of you and him crossing paths? Pretty high, but I don't reckon you'll remember it. No. Nah. I mean, there's, there's so many things go on there and so yeah. many things much worse than mine. Like, I don't even think he'd know who I was. Uh, okay. I don't think he really would have scrolled my gram and gone, that little blonde Newcastle fuck, yeah. I'm going to get him. <laughs> but, um, maybe he has, but um, no, I think, um, yeah, I think it was just, I think because it was Halloween, I think they might have just been sitting around and like, oh, let's just scare this little kid. Yeah, probably. Maybe. And it, and, and and that happens all the time. Like and I, it worked. Yeah, he scared the <laughs> shit out of me. I'm still shitting my pants. But um, stayed with, at the Ripco house and Kakao Bacasa, he's a big Hawaiian legend. He's pretty much like my dad. He's just yeah. like, mate, don't worry about it. If anything happens, I'm here. Like, he's not going to He's not gonna touch us, 19-year-old kid, over yeah. over nothing or 20-year-old, whatever I was. But, um, yeah, it still still definitely crosses my mind when I get off that plane in Hawaii. I'm like, imagine if you just stand here at the airport. Guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> knock, knock, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm here. But, um, nah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a good story to tell. Yeah, like, it's course. a good story to tell on the drink and that. Like, because oh, a lot of people know about surfing and seeing that Blue Crush movie. I'm like, you know the biggest dude in that movie? They're like, yeah, I'm like, it's that guy. And they're like, far out. But yeah, it was a pretty interesting month there for a bit. Mm-hmm. Far out. You go down to the shops and go get food and you'd see like everyone's big there. Oh, is that him? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, right. Well, uh, we've do got like a, Hawaii. Um, do you like Hawaii? I love it. It's really nice. It's it's like a, um, the North Shore is really interesting, eh? Mm. People always ask me, a lot of people around here have never been there. They're like, oh, is it beautiful? I'm like, yeah, it's beautiful, but it's pretty Arrow as well on the North yeah. Shore, like pretty rough, yeah. which makes it what it is. But I mean, when you're there for six weeks, it can get boring because there's fuck all to do. Yeah, it's like a beach, couple shops, and when there's no waves, like we've had it. I've been there for like a six week period and two and a half weeks of piss down rain, not surfable. Mate, you go insane. So you just go have a coffee, you go back, go have a coffee, go back out. to bed, watch Netflix. You go go to the middle of the island, go bowling. You can only go to the out like they have shopping outlets. You can only go there three or four times before you rinse your bank account with shoes <laughs> or whatever. But um, yeah, but I mean, 
Because we only go there once a year, you get really excited. Yeah. But then definitely by the end of the trip, because it's such a good trip though, because it is so long, but it comes in at Christmas. So you're coming home into the best time of the year. Fuck so yeah. you're like, let's put this hard work in. Like if you're ever in a qual- qualification position, like Morgan must have the best feeling last year. You're going into the back end of the year in Hawaii and then coming home for Christmas with your best mate. Yeah. You got like free time to drink whatever you want, do whatever you want, go to the pub at midday if you want to, go to the pub at 10 if you want. But like Christmas time, everyone's just having a good time. And I mean, even if you just have a good year, like I've had years where I've just done good in Hawaii and you just come home and it's just such a good atmosphere around home, around summertime. Good it's way really to finish cool. it off, eh? Good way to finish. And it's just, that's how, it's how, that's the best way to finish. It's real nice. Hell yeah. So we've got a, um, we've got a plenty of like uh, local talent that has come out of, like come out of Newcastle, you know, like we've got... Like likes of fucking MR, Hoyo, Egan, and now Ryan. Is there anyone that you've really looked up to or try to emulate their surfing and make your like make your own? Like kind of base your style around them and just tweak it and make it your own? Or like is there anyone that you've really, really looked up to in that kind of aspect? Um, I think I kinda everyone in their own little part I've looked up to. I mean, got a lot of role models like Luke Egan. Hoyo, um, even even just like Ryan, Craig, Jake Sylvester, mate. Yeah. The, like the talent in Newcastle, Mark Richards, mate. You got so Fuck much. That, it's mate. it's. I reckon it's the most core surf town. Like it's so core. Like the level of surfing from every different generation and the accolades people have mm. got is, is is incredible it's and it's only just the start as well like the next generation coming like yeah. kids below me watch out there's kids oh it's retarded i it's noticed wild. that too like oh i went down like i fucking suck but I, like I went, I went down to like uh cronulla and i was kind of just getting my way a little bit more than i would at the fucking front of home and stuff like that like the, the caliber of your average surfer in newcastle is really high compared to a lot of other places. Like, it's fucked up how good every other cunt is. Yeah, it's wild around here. Like, even just, like, so you got, like, the like the names I just mentioned. But then you got guys like Jackson Brent, um, Travis Lynch. Big you got, Lynchy. Yeah, Big Lynchy. Mate, Cal Lynch. Mate, there's, like, I could go on all day naming 100%. names. I'm sorry to offend people I haven't mentioned. But, Louis. mate, there is – yeah, Louis Dunn. There's, mate, there is that many – Good surfers that may not have made it, but I mean, you go down to Merriweather mm. on a good day of the rocks, oh. best best show of the year. Like it's Merriweather Border Riders Man or Man contest coming up next month. Go watch that. If oh, anyone man. go watch that, it is the best comp of the year. So it's I, I, I lived in Sortel. I moved up there when I was like thirteen or something. That's one of the, one of the things that surprised me when I moved to Newcastle is how good the surf is here. Like it's not that good up there. It's just really consistent Shit this is fucking good It's just really consistent We're just in a good spot Merriweather loves a South Swell Dixon Park bar Love a North Swell And down the beach Even Dixon Park and bar Get good on an East Swell You forgot the best fucking break of all mate Where's that? Cliff Can't (laughs) The cliff's a secret Get your dirty Get your dirty mitts off it Um, Nah the cliff's not a wave Um, From what I've been told You can only See the cliff from Mossy's place (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You've got the dead set best view Because if you look at the cliff No, so if you look this, I call it North Dicko <laughs> Like not, no, but like not quite the cliff So you know where the cliff stairs oh, is Oh yeah, 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 yeah I call that the cliff Yeah So like that other bit that's like nearly Dixon, nearly cliff mm. It's a, like you can't see it from cliff And you can't really see it from Dixon Like you yeah. can see it, but 
you can't really tell what it's like. But mm. where you are, you're like, hey, you going down there? Yeah, What's going shit, on? Bro. That's my shit, bro. <laughs> you get the best view because you need to look at it from above, but no one's too lazy to go up there. And, mm. But you just wake up and go, What's going on down there? Yeah, it's a tough gig, brother. Someone's tough gig, yeah. And everyone wonders why I don't want to go to fucking work. <laughs> oh, mate. What's a job again? Oh, fuck that. Who, Who has those things? <laughs> Who cares? We'll um, we'll touch on it before about your training with old Pazminko. Um, would you, if, say, if I'm a 13 year old, 14 year old surfer and I'm coming up, would they say, "Oh, do you think I should start getting into the weights and stuff early?" What would you say? Probably not early. I just don't think there's any benefits. Mm. I think you'd burn yourself out. Yeah. I think when you're at that age, when you're like, at that age, you're running on fucking, mate. You got energy for running on days anyway, mate. You're running on roll ups and wheat things. <laughs> Together with a bit of with a bit of milk, chalky um, milk. Yeah, chalky, no, chalky milk. Mary with a bakery pie <laughs> and a bag of lollies from the from the news agency <laughs> next door. That's the shit. Yeah. But um, or Ridge Street hot chippies. Oh, that's it. But I think at that age you're just running on you're just you're just running on the love of the sport, and you can go and go and go surfing. Mm. But with training, I think you'd burn yourself out. And I don't think there's a need to start. I think probably 16, 17 is yeah. probably the age. Um, I don't know exactly when I started, but it was probably around that time. And I think that's the best. That's when your body's kind of developing. Like, yeah. I mean, if you were squatting at 13, probably stunt your growth, wouldn't you? If you're starting to squat heaps heavy, like... We're not scientists. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Like... Your, bo- y- your muscles probably wouldn't build like they do now Yeah, I suppose I don't know Like, I'm a pretty big fella, you know <laughs> <laughs> You're a big fucker Yeah, count protein shakes lately <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think, I think like, the dream age I mean, I was very lucky to get on the PAS program I was very lucky in the early days Ryan was in there, I think, a year before myself I think that might have been the year he first qualified um, I was lucky enough to get in there the year after that and then from then on, I think I've been there for four years now with Paz. Did he head, did he headhunt you or did you uh, chase I kinda, him? I kind of chased him, I think, just through friends and that. Um, just saw Ryan, what Ryan was doing, seeing how good Ryan was going and mm. see how strong he looked. I was like, I want to be like that. Mm, yeah. And then kind of just kind of – I think I just kind of hit him up and then he's like, yeah, I'm not really looking to take too many people on. He's kind of just doing his Ryan thing in the backyard. Yeah. And then – I think I came on board and then I think he was doing a little bit of the footy stuff and then it kind of just turned into something. He got Philippa and now yeah. I've got a sick little group. Like it's kind of like built into Is something that he didn't really – I don't think he really planned for. I think he kind of was just doing Ryan's training and that was – but now it's kind of turned into something for him and it's turned into something for us all. Like for yeah. us, like we've gone leaps and bounds yeah. with, with his training. and well, when, we, when we were training there, we, we knew that we were playing second field to the surfers like – the surfers was his. That was his. Yeah, we're in a four, and you guys are in a five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but even then, like, it'd be like, it'd be like, um, can we come and train? He's like, oh no, you can't come train because the surfers are here, and because that was his. That yeah. was his passion, you know. Yeah. Like, we were just in there. I don't know why we were there. Have you got a little a Jed McKenzie in there with you. Jed McKenzie, man, he's, he's that a funny, eh? fucking cracker. Of a he's young bloke, so eh? good. And he mate. rips on a skatey too. Eh? But the thing is, though, you should see him in the gym. So he's been with us for oh, maybe the whole of this year and a little bit of last year. But, mate, he can't even remember the warm-up. But the guy does 540s <laughs> out of Bar Beach Bowl. Like, it ain't hard to remember how to put a band around your legs and do a glute bridge. <laughs> he goes, what's this band do again? And he's going, like, and then you see a clip on Instagram the next day and he's doing a 540 or something out of the bowl. You're like, there's just that, 
I don't know. How old is he? Maybe 18. Yeah, 18, Nick Carroll's 19. age. Yeah, Nick Carroll's age. But he's, he's old enough to get in here then. Mm. We should get him yeah, in. Yeah, no, he's getting, he set us up before. Yeah, we'll Has get he? him in. Yeah. Man, he's, you'll have to get him on some tins, I reckon. Yeah, fucking hell, because you won't get much out of him. I don't think you would Yeah, no, you don't get much out of him. This is at the bottom on the piss. Hey, Jed. Hey, Jed. Tell us about yourself. I skateboard. Do kickflips and that. <laughs> and I do some kickflips. <laughs> He's not Asian. Vietnamese. <laughs> oh, I don't know, mate. But what's uh, but what <laughs> do you been a long day. Providing, the, providing everything gets to go ahead and all that kind of stuff, what's, uh, what are you, what's next for you? What are your goals for next year and where are you going from here? <clears throat> um, well, Chris, this year kind of got stripped away from us, I guess, first year. Just throw myself in the deep end and give myself a goal of just qualifying. I want to do it. Soon enough, so I can kind of have myself set up. And once you're there, if you can stay there for a while, you got a pretty good, pretty good gig. Set yourself up for life. Yeah, I mean, it's about life as well. Like I want to do good in the sport, but I mean, to be getting a couple hundred G's a year wouldn't go too bad. Yeah, doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. And you got to think about the back end of life as well. Like I don't want to be a pro surfer that has money and does nothing with it. Like I want to want to do things with it. Set up a life for me and my girlfriend Emily, and do just stuff like that. Like. Want to be the best I can be in the profession I've chose, but I want to be successful in life as well. So that kind of comes back to that. But if I can do my best, try qualify next year. If it doesn't happen next year, then you transfer the goal over. Mm-hmm. I always have like a like a primary goal and a secondary goal. Mm. So I always have something that's achievable, but it's going to take something special to happen. But it's always got to be there. Like yeah. you, every year you try, you want to qualify. But then you have a goal to finish in another area on the points like i think this year i was saying like top top 30 or top 20 so that's my secondary goal so that's the real achievable one that's where you want to be yeah to set yourself up for the following year if you don't qualify but i mean the the primary goal is to qualify Mm. and i think that's been really good that goal setting for me you want to have that one big goal Mm. and but you've got to have a goal that's still hard to get but it's achievable yeah do you write your goals out I uh, put them on my phone usually. Yeah, a background on my phone. I don't think I got it anymore. That's me and mum at the moment. But um, I used to at the start of every year I write like whatever year the following year. So last year I think it was twenty twenty World Tour. Yeah, just in bulk writing. Yeah, it's behind the yeah. behind that, but like you know it's there. Yeah, and it's like some days you forget it's there, and then the days you see it, you're like, yep, okay, that's <coughs> where I want to be. So for me now it would be twenty twenty two World Tour. Is that's what I'd and it's just like little things like that, just so you see it every day. Yeah. Um, I was gonna write it down, but I mean, I'm not gonna carry a bit of paper around yeah. with me. And I think a phone, oh, phone's I mean, way better. Every time phone, 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 yeah. phone's good because phones are bad, but phones are good. Like mm. you got to use them in a positive way. Yeah. So if you're just picking it up and you're sitting here and you just go, all right, and you look at that, you're like, okay, that's it, that's it. And you might be at the pub having a couple of beers with the boys. You look at that and you go, mm. okay, am I going to have 10 more or am I going to go home? <laughs> Daily goal, 20 schooners. <laughs> <laughs> Goals for today. <laughs> 20 <Yep>. golds. Yep. <laughs> Make it home. Make it home from the pub. <laughs> Make it home. With some money left in your pocket. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> money. What's money? Yeah, which you'd have none of at the moment because you've been flogging that sports bet account of yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, on the way over here, I saw a balloon flight in the sky. What the fuck's that? I thought it was a drone, and it was a number five. Well, it must have been a fifth birthday or something. Let's put five. Let's put on number five. On number five on the next race as soon as we get out of here. <laughs> right, number five. <laughs> number five on the next jump. It's paying $1,800. Let's go. Ooh, let's okay, go. Let's go. <laughs> now, imagine it, number five in the sky. How's my mate, one of my best mates? Have you ever been in number five? Nah. <laughs> 
think about it. Then. <laughs> Bit young for that. No, but things like that with numbers. My mate Kai, um, his birthday I think is like the like the thirteenth of of a month, and um, he's been seeing thirteens everywhere. Mm. Like, and he even saw a number plate the other day driving in front of him. Kai, his name and thirteen. Yeah, he was tweaking out. Like, I, I believe <laughs> with numbers, something not 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 for gambling, but showing you something or mm. I don't know. Like that's just called ov- observational bias. Mm. Yeah, like when you want to buy a Hilux, say, and then you drive around, you see a heap of Hiluxes. Yeah, yeah that's because that's what your eyes looking for. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm gonna get a Range Rover. I see him everywhere. Black bear. Nah. Wrap this one up. Oh, one more question. Oh, go on, one, more one, question. More, one more. Give it to him. We we'll so, might as well crack me out of the titty then, eh? Uh, um, so do, do you have like any ongoing works with like cancer sort of stuff, like trying to uh, raise awareness or anything like that with sort of cancer stuff for your mum? No, nah, it's definitely a goal of mine yeah. to, to get on to get on board with something like that. I really, um, really like what Julian does. Julian Wilson, his mum had breast cancer, um, but she's still she's luckily still here. Yeah. So he does a lot of stuff with them. Like, I think he gets. Pink boardies with Hurley and stuff oh, okay. like that, and like Oakley do pink sunnies. He does sick board sprays and that, and I raises money for that and stuff. I've definitely thought about. It. I just never really known how to do it. Could you link up with him or that's well, that's what I've that, that's what I've thought about. I really want to have a chat to him, yeah. More so, just pick his brain of how to do it or does that sort of sponsorship stuff sort of come into play there or I don't really know. I I I I, I would love to. Do something like the boardy thing, like I yeah. said, a pink boardies, awesome. or even even just something like that, and the proceeds of whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that's more a goal for when I see myself more as a someone, like a, yeah. a world tour surfer. That's no one's really going to buy a QS surfers board shorts. So you want to establish yourself? Yeah, I want to establish and myself and, and then yeah, and then use a platform. Like, but then even if I'm not so much successful in surfing, I will still try to do something down that. Down that path with with something else, not not so much. You could still use your platform, mm. but in a different way. Yeah. Not saying I don't know, but I mean, with that, I'd love to do something with like a set of pink bodies or a set of pink products or or whatever like that with with breast cancer, just to yeah. just to give back and to help yeah. the other people that suffer from that. Because I mean, it affects. I mean, there's all other diseases out there, but unfortunately, that one's affected my family yeah. and. It unfortunately affects that one person really badly, and it affects. It's a snowball effect. It affects yeah. everyone in the family. It could be everyone around you. Like I see how it affects myself, even my girlfriend, even my, my sister, my dad, my cousins. Like I mean, my mum had such a big, big impact on everyone's life that that impact when it's gone. It, it affects people, like, yeah, and, it's it's, and it's and it's tough. It's a ripple effect. Like you said, like even hearing you talk about your mum the way you do, my my grandmother, she passed away from it as well. Yeah. And, like, just hearing you speak, it, like, it, it triggers me back to, like, yeah. that kind of setup, you know, and it's, it's a massive fucking thing. And I think with something like that, it, people will get on board with it. Oh, 100%. Mm. It's a great people. Well, look at the cricket with the Glenn McGrath Foundation, mm. or Jane McGrath Foundation. People yeah, that's huge. Sure. Just stuff like that. Like, people, pe- people will jump on board with that, and it's freaking, like, it's, it's cool when people, I mean, they don't have to have someone suffer from it or... Be diagnosed with it, but people love to help when they see something cool like that. When someone wants to help, like, I mean, what boardies are a hundred bucks? Mm. What if twenty bucks of them goes to that? Like, that could be the difference between getting a cure for something like that. I mean, you see the stuff with the brain cancer stuff with Mark Hughes, like beanies, like, yeah, man, they're raising that much money, and they're so cool to see. Like, well, I, could, I, I love seeing that stuff. I love seeing people use their platforms yeah. to do positive things, but then you see people out there. 
getting their tits and ass out just to promote themselves. Only fans. Yeah. Well, it could, it could yeah. even just be... Just trying to make it... Like, I just don't... Social media and everything like that, I'm not big on it. I use it to put surf clips up because I enjoy showing people what I'm doing. Yeah. With training, anything like that, I like putting that kind of stuff up. But just people that are constantly on there posting shit, mate... I just don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what you do. <laughs> like, like I want to see people training hard or doing something positive. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wake up and see your tits. Ah, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You've got to say that because you've got a missover for me. It gets a little bit repetitious. Yeah. It's like every freaking It could day. even just be some kid saying to his mum, Mum, what's all these pink board shorts about? Oh, it's yeah. about breast cancer awareness, yeah. mate. And then she can go think, oh, I haven't had a fucking mammogram yeah. in however long. And she can go get just things like that. Go catch get it early. Up. And then she's basically cured that one person. So Yeah. I, I used to I used to do sprays on my board and stuff. I think I did one chick check your tits, did some tits on my board and that. I might even go back to doing that kind of stuff. I usually do. A fair few pink. I'd try keep pink on my boards mostly. Yeah, that's awesome. Not not labeling it that it's that, but mm. for me, I know what it's there for. Yeah. Yeah. Like just the slightest bit of pink there has to be, and that's for me. If I'm competing on that board, I go. I Being know what I'm. To you. I know what I'm doing it for. Mm. I do it for myself, but because for a bit there, I was trying to do it for mum. I was trying to win for mum, but you got to do it for yourself. Yeah. So I'm doing it for me to make mum proud, not trying to do it for her. Mm. So you kind of got to find that. Mate, Difference. you're a fucking good kid. You fucking got your head screwed on, and you're fucking doing well. Regardless of whether you, you know, you cracked the CT, which we're backing you to, obviously. But like, I'm sure your mum would have been proud of you because fucking, you're you're just a good human at the yeah. end of the day. And let's get your old boy back in the water, eh? Yeah. Let's get him back on the board. Yeah, that's a, that's another goal for the next that's twelve months. Let's get him back in the water. Get him back on the board. Get him back in the water. <laughs> Rightio. Yeah. Get him, oh, get him out the cliff. Out. No, that's your fucking oh, Thanks, Jacko, mate. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming in, legend, mate. Cheers, bro. Thanks Again, for we that. really yeah, appreciate really it. Good. Thanks for having me, boys. Thanks for giving us your time after the first one I fucked up. But anyway, <laughs> as always, this fucking podcast is brought to you by Sage Painting. www.sagepainting.com.au Yeah, for all your painting needs in Newcastle and Hunter area, do not hesitate to contact Sean and their helpful crew. You know, I've bashed it on here a fair bit. I actually work for Sage Painting. It's a really, really good company to be involved with. So if you're a young and inspiring uh, fella in Newcastle area and you want to join a good team, don't hesitate to contact us either with the um, employment tip. So thank you very much, everyone. We love you all. I'm on the grind, grand hustle, got the mind and the muscle, 50 carats in the crown just to shine on your suckers. That was better than the fucking dribble of last time, huh? That was mad.